Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening, this is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyan. I'm Matt Beadle, we're with you through to 8pm this evening and it's all over. Pre-season is done and dusted. We are looking ahead to the first game of the season against Newcastle. But crucially before that, the end of the transfer window, gents. What's going to happen? Slamming shut, slamming shut. It is slamming shut. Yeah, um... Bit of rumours this yeah, week about centre backs. Yeah, yeah Raul's going to have to pull pull a, pull, a, pull a rabbit out of the hat this week. I mean, um, he's done really well. I think we've done really well in the transfer market this yeah. this summer. Um, he's been a man of his word. Um, but yeah, on the back of our um, last two preseason games, at the very least, I think centre half, just the defensive line, has to be reinforced with quality. Five days, four days left. Man United have just spent eighty five million. I think. Um, Bournemouth have quoted Nathan 75, Ake 75 That's mil. the one I've wanted all summer. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it so. kind of, had you actually wanted Ake? Ake's yeah. Ake yeah. always been, both yeah. of us, always really? been our first choice. Yeah. We, we, need, we need a left footer. Yeah. Isn't it left. funny after the, 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 the cost of Harry Maguire and everyone saying how expensive it was, that actually, do you know what? It doesn't look as crazy now because of the fees that they're talking about for Lewis Dunk, the fees that they're talking about for Nathan Yeah, but Ake. they're because of the fee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It all gets, it all gets brought Inflated, up. Yeah. But I mean... Arsenal are never going to pay £75 million pounds for Nathan Ake. It's never going to happen, right? No, no, no. no, no. Well, we're not even rumoured to be interested in no, it. That's just no. a personal preference. I, yeah. I think Giles and I are both quite... We want a natural left-footed centre-back. You know, we've always had right-footers playing on the left and we've always both wanted a, a left-footed centre-back and he's the one with the Premier League experience. But I, 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 think, I think the pressure's also come a little bit. It's not really been spoken about, but I think Lauren Koscielny's situation has mm. not helped because he, had he stayed, even till January... I think we would have stuck and waited for Rob Holding. Yeah. But because we can't play Lauren Koscielny and Mustafi's confidence is completely shot, yeah. we are now in a situation where we've really only got Socrates and Chambers that anybody wants anywhere near the team, let alone to be our long term. And we've got Saliba for next year. So it is just that one season thing. And all the fans, I think, barring a few. very few, mm. rate Rob Holding, who's going to be ready. He's played 60 minutes this week. Yeah, he played so he, at the under twenty fit, yeah. under twenty three. So, so, so it's Watford. a so it's a big decision to go out and spend seventy million on someone who's really a stopgap. Although I'm sure Arsenal fans wouldn't mind. Yeah. Well, it's fine. I mean, do, uh, we said at the start of the show that Daniel Rugani, he's obviously been mooted. Dayu Apamakano from RB Leipzig. Apparently, Arsenal have made a bid today, according yeah. to Build, around sixty million euros. They're holding mm. out for seventy million pounds. It's a lot. But of I money. understood the Rugani one until it became fifty million pounds. I <laughs> thought that because they were talking about a two-year loan no, with a view, which, which made perfect yeah. sense be, because of the holding situation yeah. and because we've already signed Saliba to spend seventy-five million or seventy million. I mean, the, all the social media seems to be saying, an, well, the Guardian said an extra ten million that will get it done. So seventy million pounds, it will get it done. But I, I have no problem if it was a, a day at. Um, I think he's a he's going to be a world-class defender. And if we're looking at, say, holding Dayot and Saliba as our defensive trident for the next 10, 8 to 10 years, that's fine. It's, it's, it suddenly looks very good, doesn't it? Suddenly it looks it suddenly looks absolutely good. Yeah, yeah. very good, and especially much better than what we saw at the new Camp, because... Mm. 
listen, the Ashley Maitland-Niles mistake is a mistake. That happens, a bit of miscommunication. Mm. Better to get them done in pre-season mm. than when the season starts. But the Suarez goal. Why are you laughing at me, Dave? Ashley Maitland-Niles. <laughs> Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Ash- Crikey. That's, he's trying to get Man United in. He's trying I to step in Man United. Ah, he's a Man United Riley. right back. <laughs> you, you wait for me to finish my sentence before you corrected me on that. I get Deu Apamecano correct and I don't get Ashley Maitland-Niles right. There we go. <laughs> the life of a presenter. Okay, let's let's brush past it. Maitland Niles's mistake. Yeah. Uh, he played really well until yeah, that. Absolutely, and I think you can just just brush past mm. that. But the second goal from Suarez and you know Mustafi. It's really interesting when you watch it again because Mustafi glances. He looks across the line and then he looks at Suarez as the ball's coming over, and he's still miles off. And him. Chambers was and as Chambers, well. yeah. Yeah. yeah, caught between the two of them. Yeah, it was it was just poor defending all around him. There's no pressure on the ball. You see, you see your man, and maybe one one's looking for the other, expecting the other to take responsibility. I don't know, but yeah, it was just it was poor elementary defending. Maybe that's why he hasn't let Jenkinson go. I always <laughs> thought he could be a centre back. <laughs> <laughs> it was just yeah, it was it was awful defending. Great finish though, yeah. great finish, but yeah, awful but defending. And then, just a, a second away from the defensive woes, I think the confidence we showed playing in the new camp against one of the best teams in the world, with you know, with a lot of our first choice not playing. I know it's a preseason friendly, but it's a fairly prodigious one. Prodigious, prestigious even. And I thought we looked pretty good to be, you know, all in all, you know, for most of the game. Certainly going forward, we looked very slick, very great movement off the ball. Abamyang's finish was just incredible, sensational. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, the move itself, and the fact for me, uh, Joe Willett was central in starting that move from the base of the uh, base of midfield. I thought he had an absolutely fantastic game last mm. night. He was he was required to play in three different positions. And that's that's the coach saying to someone so young, look, I trust you. I you can carry out my instructions on the field. I want you to do this and then I want you to do that. It's just it shows a level of football IQ intelligence for one so young. And I have to say of the players that were coming through, he was the least heralded. Mm. He really was the least. Well, until the until Smith Rowe went on loan, he wasn't really getting a look in no, last season. Yeah. Smith Rowe was definitely in Emery's eyes, seemed to be ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it really, for me, it was the Blackpool game where he sort of like really sort of shone. Yeah, you know, and and he just looks a different player. And ever since he's, I mean, the Europa League final came on now that cameo, and this preseason he's just sort of like grown. In stature, and I think I think he's pushing. <laughs> I think we're just heading into the next section of the show very early here. Uh, well, absolutely, yeah. Go over the show. Yeah, I just don't want to get rid of that Barcelona result. <laughs> we are going to discuss obviously <laughs> Willock Nelson and Nketiah later in the but show. But we do need to get back to the defence. Yeah, you? and, and you're bang on. And it was quite yeah. interesting. There was another moment in that game where you saw I think it was Chambers and Xhaka almost try and do a bit of playing out the back, and it was an absolute shambles. Stepping over. To be the ball. fair, I think it's one of the things Chambers does do quite well. Mm. I mean, with that exception, but he he does he is confident when playing out of defence, which is certainly mm. you know we can't be said for all our defenders. But I've, yeah, I've got no problem with guys them trying to play out of the back. Um, it's just the execution. Yeah, you know, and you worry that someone like um, Jacket. He's got no wing mirror, so he's always susceptible to being caught on the half turn. Mm. And possibly the same can be said of Chambers as well. It's that kind of having that aware, that 360 awareness that our players just seem to lack. They panic, yeah. you know, and they lose all but their... But that's, that's a good point, though, yeah. isn't it? Because we haven't we haven't had Lucas Torreira in yeah. the team yet in pre-season. And he is the... If, if Shaka's playing deepest right now, he won't be if he's even in the team because Lucas Torreira mm. will also will, should be that player. And he does have wing mirrors. Yeah. So that 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 would take a little bit of pressure off the defence because he's so much more mobile. I mean, Shaka is a 
as a deepest midfield player is not mobile enough. Mm, and back in training this week with El Neni, wasn't he, Torreira? So hopefully, <laughs> thanks for thanks for well, bringing got, us down. You, you've got to bring him on there. <laughs> a, a new look as well. He shaved it all right off, right? It, yeah. So he's a new look, a new El Neni, perhaps. Hopefully, he's hoping the fans won't recognise him when he warms up. <laughs> But I think the other thing here is that the formation is is the issue here, right? And the fact that you want to play three at the back. If it wasn't three at the back, it wouldn't maybe be as as much of an issue. I don't think issue. we do. I mean, he hasn't. He's only played that half a half a mm. one half in the five five or six preseason games. Yeah. I think he needs to know he can play it, like he did at the end of last season. But I don't think he's going to start the season with three at the back. So do are we at a point here where Arsenal go? Do you know what? Okay, let's just suck it up. Holding has been getting minutes for the under twenty threes. Do we just get through the first two or three games? He'll come back and be next to Socrates mm. and then you've got your back too they played 10 they, I think Holding played 10 games in the Premier League last year we, we didn't lose any of them yeah. I mean, and he was. He was. I know it's easy to look back through rose-tinted glasses. Oh, it was wonderful because it was a bit like that. The, the fans were saying, "Oh, yeah, well, we were all right till we lost Holding," but they were the same fans who didn't want him anywhere near the team. Mm. But he did come in. He did do well. He certainly wasn't any fans' yeah. bet at the beginning of the season to be a partner for Socrates, but he did, and he, and he looked very good in a partnership with him. I just. But, it's interesting now that we we're seeing Holding as this kind of you know the one. I've seen people saying of, he should be the club captain. I think he will be in yeah. down the line. I think he's got that aura about him. But you know, he's 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 he definitely seems to be the one that we're kind of holding a torch for, thinking, hoping that he's going to be the one that holding hold for holding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hold it all together, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but um, yeah, he's grown. I don't know if you've seen him physically. He's yeah. definitely been in the in the gym. Um, he seems to be seems to have grown physically. I'm really glad that he had that. I think he's ahead of schedule. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. They were talking about November, originally. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think you're right, though, Matt. I don't think it is. All the fans would love to see a sign a centre back this week and loan or signing. And everyone's so excited on social media with the links to uh, Upper Meccano, mm. whatever his name, how he's that. But and they are excited. I mean, I've seen him mentioned by fans as someone mm. we should be tracking. So you can see the excitement. But. It's a lot of money because we've invested a lot in Saliba. Everyone's saying he's, he is the next delict. You know, he's, he's the future of Arsenal. And to spend £70 million on someone when you have got so much confidence, and I think the manager does have confidence in them, in, in holding, I think that's a huge But that's decision. the thing. If we're, if we're looking at paying 50 to 70 that shows you the critical nature of the situation. But if holding is ready in two weeks' time or three weeks' time, what Matt's saying is, could you could you risk Socrates and Chambers for Burnley and Newcastle and Burnley, for example? But we we finished the season away from him terribly. Sorry, that's another thing. We finished the season away from him terribly. Yeah. We do we have any confidence? Which season? We Last season or the season <laughs> before? Yeah. You know, um, do we have any confidence that we can go up to Newcastle and win? Uh, yeah, I think I think the confidence in Arsenal is that, that we're going to score more goals than right. you. I don't think it's a, ca- a case of not conceding. I think it's a case of we'll score more. Yes, I think we'll win it, St James's Park. Yeah, don't you? I'm not sure. Mm. I, I think I think the other problem as well in having that faith with holding and then holding out for Saliba next season. Holding's 23 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Saliba is 20, 21, slightly 19, younger, 19. 19, 18, 19. So then you've got two very young centre backs as as your the, the linchpin of, of your defence. Yeah, but Socrates will still be there. Yeah, um, with not a lot of experience as well, not a lot of game time experience, actual experience between them, um, and that's why I, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I wouldn't, I would, I would love Dayot to come in. I'm, I'm not going to lie, but I, I would love it. Yeah. I mean, our mate was has been going on about him for a season. He's not or two, alone. He's not alone. You know, um, and I have no problem because, as we were talking about earlier, you know, the, the prices for centre halves these days, we're investing. People are paying for the ceiling. What their ceiling could be, they're not paying for, you know, what they are now. And I think his ceiling is 
is very, very high. It's right? a sad state of affairs mm. that a club like Arsenal w- would be buying because of the sell-on value later down the line. <laughs> but then we've criticised Arsenal for not being astute in the business sense, so you mm. can't really and, argue And with. I think what it also does is appease fans in a positive way because if you don't sign anyone and we see some defensive frailties like we already have done and we see a bit of a shambles in that first month, it's going to be carnage. Yeah. Mm. All the claws are going to be out for mm. Emery. If he does sign someone and this still happens, he's got the backup and said, well, you know, we've got the defender there. You know, so I think if you do sign someone, it finishes off the transfer window nicely. If you get Tierney as well. I think it would be easier for everyone if Tierney was fit to start the season. Yeah. So I think we will sign Tierney this week. I mm. mean, I, I, I'm still very confident. Is he eight weeks behind, apparently. Yeah, so, so if, you, if you were bringing in Tierney to play left back and then you were just waiting for Bellerin and Holding... You could probably, if you had two good, mm. if you had a good Socrates and a good Tierney, but we're not, you know, so we're not going to have, we're going to have, we, we would effectively be starting the season with only one of our first choice back four. Mm. If, if Tierney's, you know, Bellerin's November, Tierney's end of September, mm. you know, so we're holding, we're, hold, everyone, everyone's holding out on this show. It's holding, it's, <laughs> everything's holding. But, uh, but yeah, no, so that, that is a problem. If yeah. Tierney was fully fit, who do you think do you'll you- start the, with Kalazanak or Monreal? He went with Monreal last night. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts with Monreal on Saturday. If it's a black, if it's a flat back four, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Absolutely. What will that flat back four be? And will anyone else come in before the window closes? Just a few days now before that window slams shut, as Dave Seeger said. Right after this, all about Arsenal's away form. Love sports. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyam. Right, chaps, we are going to move on to the topic about Arsenal's away form. Over the past few seasons, it's not been the best. I'm going to read out some stats. Oh, he's done his research. We've got some stats, all right? So last season, won seven away. Worse than the top six. Actually worse than Palace and Leicester as well. Previous season, won four away. Again, the worst out of the top six. And the season prior to that, 2016-17, won nine away. Still the worst in the top six, but it it was a tough campaign. On the flip side... It's always counteracted by the home form, right? Last season, won 14 at home. Only the top two in Liverpool and City were better. The previous season, won 15 at home. Only United and City, the top two, were better. And the previous season before that, 14 at home. Only Chelsea and Spurs, the top two, were better. So what do Arsenal need to do to sort out the, tr- uh, the trials on their travels? Trials and tribulations. Um, it, this, is, this, is the, uh, this is the key point for, for Emery. Um, we struggled towards the back end of the season really badly away from home and I've seen I don't I've not seen enough to suggest that I'm I'm certain that he's 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 managed to find a solution to that um, he's and, and you know we as you said before the break Dave we've got one recognized first choice central defender or defender who will probably start on Saturday so I, I don't see how I, I haven't seen anything to suggest that there's a workaround or a workable solution at the moment well, you're talking about it for the first few games, mm. but yeah. So I tend to agree. I do think he's going to have a he's going to have a, a bigger squad overall that he trusts. So I, I don't think the change will necessarily be in the defensive personnel. I think what he'll do is he'll have more flexibility to change formations in home and away games. And I think you, you might see a di- you know, for example, you might see four two three one at home. But you might see four three three away with yeah. you know with Ozil missing out just to have a, a more solid central midfield. So I think the solutions might be not actually in the defenders; it might be yeah. in the team structure. The best form of defence is the attack, then. Yeah, possibly. but also just have a. As I say, I think the four three three will suit us mm. if we're going to have Pepe and Aubameyang either side of Lacazette. But the three is also having three all recognised central midfield players mm. rather than having Ozil 
in a, in a four two three yeah. one who doesn't help defensively, and maybe like a Nelson who maybe is untested defensively. I think I think that might be the way he sets up away from home, or he may revert to the three, which I, I don't want to see really. I, 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 one thing that's always that's always worried a lot of the guys that follow the stats, and one thing I saw last night was we conceded ten shots on goal last last night. That's a lot. You know, we, we, we generally concede a, a, in the top half or at least the top six or seven, we concede a lot of shots on target. So I haven't seen anything to suggest that he's got a handle on it. You know, because we, as we saw at the beginning of last season, there were a lot of shots conceded on target, but we kind of got away with it and then it turned. And then I think what they call, they call it, it regressed to the mean and then we started conceding goals and whatnot and, you know, the, the form turned. So, you know. That's that's where he's got to try and f- work out, you know, how to 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 to, to right the wrongs. I think he he needs to. Well, we will see. It, hopefully, we'll see it slightly different when Lucas Torreira is back in the side. Um, he's had a season, so yeah, he's had a full season. Yeah. I mean, the season before he signed for us, he'd only played twenty five games a season before mm. for uh, Sampdoria. Yeah. I mean, it, this was a massive. Mm. I mean. He was eased in, wasn't he? He didn't start a game until yeah. about the fifth or sixth yeah. Premier League game of the season. And then he was obviously tired at the end of the season, very mm. emotional at the Europa League final. There's been noises about him not being happy in London. Mm. But, mm. but uh, you know, he, mm. he's back in training. He looks mm. happy. And I just think we need to we need to use him as all the fans want to see him used. I mean, mm. last year, sometimes he was more advanced than Shaka. Yeah, yeah. And I really think we need to say, right, you just sit in front of the back four and patrol it. And I think that's the reason why we've got probably someone like Shabalas because we want him to be play his role. Because last season, he was playing two at least two roles. Mm. You know, he was asked to push forward and, and augment or supplement the the pressing of the attack, and then also get back. I'm surprised and, that no one's actually picked. I mean, maybe they have, and I've missed it. But on Twitter, I haven't seen it. That it it it's the the possibility of Torreira Shabalas is very very and Santi, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it obviously a superior Coquelin in Torreira, mm. but and you know remains to be seen. Yeah. But very similar sort of players. I mean, you see even the, even the moves of Zabalas are the same as Santi's, yeah, and, and the way he can wriggle out of tight situations. And I just think in a two, I would love it to be those two. But I just I, wor- I worry that Emery's always going to play Shaka. I, I think, and we spoke about this a bit last week. I really think Danny Zabalas is going to be a massive hit. Yeah, I just think, like you said, the way he can wriggle out of situations. You saw it again against Barca. Just his dynamism, the fact that he can drop a shoulder and go, and that is enough in itself to lift the crowd, isn't it? Mm, oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. And we just haven't had that sort of player since Anti. Very fluid player. Yeah, I mean, and obviously. It, not everybody was in favour of the Coquelin Santi formation, but away from home, we were so solid that season. We went up to Man City and won. We went to Man United and drew. We went to Liverpool and drew. I mean, yeah. we just looked solid with those two. And okay, it meant Ramsey had to play our position, and some people weren't happy about that. But they they just had a solidity, solidity, and it was that ability with Santi. And I think Zabalas got the same thing: is is to play, you know, facing your goal, but. The, yeah. no one knows which way you're going to turn because you're that skillful and because all I had that we've not had anyone you know it's so easy break, it's so, break, e- yeah. so easy to press someone when you know they're one footed yeah. so has just got it you know he's got it all yeah um, I don't know I think he'll easy in Sabalos. I think yeah. he'll leave because he's only had the, the game against yeah. uh, but he, so. he, he that signing and the Pepe signing does suggest to me he might look at 4-3-3 three, three, though because mm. I think you know when you've got if it's Shaka Torreira and Chabalos then like how how should I be saying that Sorry? Sebaios. Sebaios. Sebaios, Shaka and Torreira mm. or Gwendozi or Willock. Mm. You know, five into... We can ignore El Nani for this mm-hmm. calculation. So any five into those three, mm. that 
that's very solid compared to last year. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been an upgrade. And then you could have two wide players yeah. and Lacassette in the middle. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he does go for the three-pronged attack. I mean, everyone suggests that it'll be Lacazette dropping deep and then having you know the split strikers in Pepe and and thing. But I wonder if he's going to do that. Say that. I, I, I think one of them's going to miss out quite well, regularly. Well, it's interesting that you're or he plays Aubameyang Millet. You're questioning whether he's going to do that. You're questioning whether he's going to go with Torreira and Sabayos. So you've got you've got options now. This is the good thing about Arsenal. I think, like you say, if you just get that that centre back just to lift the optimism ahead of the new campaign, suddenly Arsenal have becoming quite a, a frightening prospect. Well, I think certainly if I was Tottenham or Chelsea or probably even Man United, I'd be looking at Arsenal thinking they've done good business. I think they've done good business so far. They know that everyone knows we need to do a little bit more, but I think. It's just nice as an Arsenal fan to sign someone that everyone else wanted to sign. That hasn't happened at Arsenal for so long. Pepe mm. was just, you know, other teams wanted him. His mm. agent said that the, 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 the Lille people, he was wanted by other big big mm. sides, bigger than us mm-hmm. right now in world football and, and Champions League sides. And mm. he chose us. And Tobias the same. You know, he chose us over Tottenham. So. And actually, we should mention, because last week it wasn't 100% confirmed that Pepe was yeah. going to be an Arsenal player. He since has been revealed. Yeah. And it's lovely. I mean, I was reading a great article on, on the Arsenal website where he had you know, spoken quite openly about his rags to riches mm. story. You know, grew up in, 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 in Africa and it was very much a case of walking 10 kilometres in bare feet to, to get supplies for the family. The fact that he started playing in goal, the fact that he used to be a bit of a tear away, mm. but he looked up to the likes of Didier Drogba. He looked up to the likes of the Arvorians who played for Arsenal and that played a massive factor in him. In him coming to the Emirates mm. all down at Jovino yeah <laughs> well, he, did, he mentioned Jovino he name checked him I know funny thing is I did a jokey tweet earlier that day about that saying it's nothing to do with Wenger talking to him it's definitely down to Big G and everyone was like oh. and then, then, he, then he actually said it in an interview as well <laughs> it, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if he's spoken to those guys oh, right? yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah. you probably have access to um, them guys I mean Colator is part of the uh, Ivorian coaching stuff though there and you he, go. Prob- he, probably, he probably spoke to his co-striker Wilfred Sahara who yeah. probably said I, they're my boyhood club <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, they were away together for about five or six weeks. Yeah. So. But yeah, I'm it. very excited about his the prospect of him donning a putting on an Arsenal shirt. I think he gives us the X factor, mm. you know. And as somebody said, you know, he, he, you know, just like Alexis, he does give the ball away. He does, but Mavericks will frustrate. But the good thing about him is they have the self confidence to to demand the ball. And go again. And, well, you if know. he has the impact that Alexis had in his first yeah. season, we'll be happy. The difference with Alexis, the longer he stayed at Arsenal, the more he cut inside. Yeah. yeah. When he first came, he was willing to go on the outside and take the fullback on and, and more like a winger, which I think Pep, we haven't had that. Mm. But even towards the end of Alexis, we didn't have that. Mm. He stopped doing it. And now we've got, we've not only got Pepe, we've got Sacco who's pushing mm. and we've got Reese Nelson who's pushing. We've got, we've got a lot of players yeah. who are willing to run at players. You know, since the Ox left and Alexis left, we haven't had that in the yeah. squad. And you've got someone who's hungry as well. I think that's mm. the really key thing about this transfer yeah. as well, is that he's not made it to the big, big time yet. This is no, a real no. step up for him and yeah. he wants to prove it. You often see with a lot of problems when United sign a player, some of these big clubs sign a player, they've already done it. Paul Pogba went and won the World Cup, he's already done it. Mm. Yeah. Pepe is hungry. He wants to show the world what he can do. Do you know, you know, you know, you know why? And I haven't said this on social media either. I was thinking about writing about it. The last player who came out of the French league from a, a, a relatively not a big club with those sort of numbers, Aubameyang, was it? When he went to Dortmund, yeah. right. Aubameyang had scored okay. twenty odd goals mm-hmm. uh, in that season. Um, and everyone, oh no, he's not the numbers. This young lad. And the next thing, Dortmund had snapped him up, and then. The rest is history. Mm. He's scored 20, 30 goals every season since. It looks like he's so, going to do it again, yeah. going yeah. on his pre-season form. Yeah. Just uh, incredible. Just want to- 
What is, the, what is the situation with Lacassette, by the way? And we're talking about formations for Sunday. Is he, he, is he going to be fit? He, they've, look, they're assessing him, isn't he? Because oh, I think right. he, he went off after 10 minutes in the Leon game at the yeah. end. And, um, precaution. So precaution, yeah. yeah. So. That make a big difference to the starting mm. lineup as well. Just quickly going back to finish this segment off on the away form. The fact that four, your first four away games, in two of those, you've got Liverpool and United. It's not the easiest opening, is it? It's not at all. And we cannot afford to to mess up. We can't afford to drop points. It's, it's why that Newcastle game suddenly becomes very important, doesn't it? Extremely important. We've got to start off on the right foot. And, you know, looking at Newcastle, I mean, they've got their problems, but they've got that Joe Linton, they've got Almiron, they've got San Maximum. That's, that's, quite, a, that's quite a talented and unpredictable front line, mm. you know, are we going to be able but to... But Lascelles is still out injured. I mean, they, they've got problems but, at the back. Well, Lejeune and... Um, who's the other guy? Shaw. Shaw. Shaw they, they've actually got a solid central defence, actually. Yeah. Their defence is quite, you know... It's, it's, yeah, it's they were playing solid. three at the back, weren't they? Yeah. Under, yeah. under Benitez. But I think Laurie said that they kind of sw- he was been switching from three to four or whatever. But their defence is quite solid. Their attack is unpredictable. We don't know what they're going to do. Um, they could be, they could, they could light the touch paper, or they could actually bomb. But you know, their first game of the season is going to be really, really. That's really, a gamble, Joel yeah. Linton. Though he hasn't exactly got the numbers in general. No, he? but as Laurie said, your, your producer, he said that he, he could fluke it. He could, he could fluke his way to being a really good signing. You know. So. Yeah, they are going to be an unpredictable mm. beast, Newcastle. That fixture is really a fascinating one. Right up next, we are going to discuss Willock, Nelson, and Inketia, who has developed the most. This is Love Sport. This is the Arsenal fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyam. We're halfway through now, and I'm delighted to say we've got James Benge on the line, Arsenal correspondent for Football London. We're going to be discussing who's furthest on in their development Joe Willock, Reese Nelson, or Eddie and Ketia. James, what are your thoughts on this one? Um. A tough, tough one to tell, really. I, I, I think the the signs from pre-season are that, that Joe Willock is kind of coming on leaps and bounds of late. Uh, he looks really at home playing in you know any position in midfield. He, he brings energy. He brings a sort of pressing style that Arsenal's midfield, aside from Torreira, really seems to lack of late. Um, Nelson has been a bit more hit and miss, and then you have someone like Nketiah who's, who's really shown he can cut the mustard at a good level uh, you know whenever chances come his way he, he certainly gets close to them or he's always getting in a position to uh, to have the opportunity to score even if he's not always finishing them so um, I, it's a really tough one to call I kind of think that if, if you were saying who's going to make the most immediate impact this season I would probably go for work I think he he looks more of a sort of ready-made Premier League player, perhaps than than Nelson and uh, and Ketia. You were um you were in America, weren't you, with the team? Yeah, James. So you, it's David, by the way. And so you, I mean, Nelson was quiet in the first few games in America, but then I think he's come alive since. Um, I guess I guess the reason why people are a bit worried for Nelson is obviously he's almost like in direct competition probably with Pepe now this season. Um, and there are people obviously saying, oh, he could be a make quite in a loan, you know, in a deal. You know when it, whether it was Sahar they were talking about, and now whether it's Dayot, you know, or he could go on loan, go back to Germany. It seems like the Arsenal fans have suddenly switched their affections away from Nelson towards Willock, um, just in the space of about three or four weeks, really. <laughs> that is Arsenal fans for you, I might say. <laughs> um, they're a bit of a fickle bunch. 
Yeah, I think there's certainly a, de- a degree of truth in that. I also think kind of when you see someone like Nelson from afar and you only see the sort of clips of the goals from Hoffenheim, um, it all looks fantastic, doesn't it? But actually, he wasn't getting regular game time by the end of that loan spell. And no, he really wasn't. Himself said, Emery himself basically said, he didn't specifically name Nelson, but he said he'd sent players on loan who he'd expected to play more than they did. So I kind of think Nelson still looks a little bit raw. That, that sort of wing player as well, it's, it's, they're not players that Arsenal fans have historically had a huge amount of patience with. Um, and you're right to say, you know, Pepe's ahead of him. And then on the other flank, you've got Saka, who to me, kind of throughout pre-season, has looked a more finished article, even though he's a, a significantly... Uh, younger than really? than Nelson, so yeah. I mean, I my personal view on this is that you know is is Reese Nelson the, the, uh, going to be a fantastic player? Yes, probably, but he's a, a valuable asset uh, and one that I might look to cash in on if I were in Arsenal's position. Um, they've got more wide options than they know what to do with, and I think you get decent um, whether it's you know whether it's putting him in, in a loan deal or whether it's, you know, selling him permanently. I mean, but haven't, haven't, haven't we just it. done that with Amici, though? I mean... Yeah, that was that was very poorly managed by the, the club. I think... I can't believe they only got two and a bit million for him. I think if you were to if you were to sell Nelson well, you could be talking in excess of £10 million. Um, and I, I think... Do you really see a pathway to hit, to the first team for him with, with Pepe, with Lacazette, with Saka? Again, um, my personal view, but yeah, I don't necessarily see it. Well, I think if he can, if 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 Pep, if Pep, if Emery gives him these uh, more more opportunities, he could he could oust, he could easily he could ease um, Mkhitaryan out of the team for the end of the mm. season. You know, Mkhitaryan really, really is becoming a liability. Um, not, Surely Pepe will play on the right where Mkhitaryan's been. Playing. Yeah, I mean, but you know, easy Mkhitaryan out leaves more of a pathway oh, no, for the other boys. You know, yeah. and and I, exp- I I would say I know James has said that Saka looks. Like he's ahead of 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 of, of Reese, but I think Reese should be given a bit more. No, I agree. A bit more game time. I think he's got a lot to prove. Um, I like the way he looked. I, you know, I was, I was watching him in, at the Emirates Cup and last night. He, what I like about him, he passes, he moves, he doesn't dwell on the ball. He, he's he a front-footed player. Yeah, he really is front-footed. He wants to move into space, get the get, get the game moving forward. I think he's got a lot to prove, and I wouldn't like to see him being sold. I think. I really hope that Emery's true to his word and gives the youngsters a chance, um, and, and I hope he's one of them. I think I agree with James saying that you know Willock is probably ahead of the others. He's, mm. he's a clear, clearly ahead, of, and I think he's possibly challenging with Guendouzi for that kind of first man up in midfield behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Smith Rowe's injury two. became a very mm. unfortunate time for him because yeah. he was definitely ahead of at least two of those yeah. last season. What about I saw your tweet today, James, that you, you think Bristol City are confident. That, yeah. that they're going to land in Ketia on loan. For, for me, as a fan, observing that, cr- that would be a crazy situation with only two recognised strikers. If, if At times we might even play with two strikers. So to, to have our third striker allowed to go on loan with no replacement would seem foolhardy. Well, that's kind of my, my view on it as well. And I mean, I know that Emery sort of went to shut this down um, during the tour when, when Nketiah was, was playing really well. He said, I want to keep him around. But I also think there's a view within the club that how many kind of minutes is Nketiah going to get and is that going to serve his development long-term because they see a long-term future of him at Arsenal. Now, 
Aubameyang and Lacazette will will start pretty much every game, whether it's both of them or one of them. And then if they get injured, and this is a, a question I posed on Twitter, and I, I don't necessarily know what I think the answer to this is, but if they get injured, who are you going to play up front? Are you going to play Pepe? Uh, are you going to sort of repurpose him as a centre-forward, which is a, a role he's played before? Or are you going to play Nketiah? I voted like, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and I don't know the answer to that. But he but will I get. I mean, you're talking at least logic. you're talking at least six Europa League games and probably three in the Carling Cup where he's going to start. So it's not like he's not going to play, and he'll be coming off the bench in the Premier League. So he's going to get nine or ten starts between now and Christmas. I can understand it because last year he wasn't starting in those competitions. This year, I think yeah. he will. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm I'm really surprised by this. But the, the kind of the mood music coming out of Bristol City is that they think he's going to they think he's going to join them and. Um, I mean, that's all I can kind of say. I know that um, speaking to people close to Nketi, I think that they're still kind of a bit unsure what's going to happen. And it is very odd that that's been allowed to slip into the final sort of three or four days of the window and that there's still any degree of, of doubt as to whether or not he um, he stays around the club. I mean, you know, I, I would probably keep him there because you can always reassess this situation in, in January. Mm. But look, if he does go out, I think he'd go to the championship and do really well. And um, potentially that could be the making of him as well. When you say that, what springs to my mind is then Emery's thinking he's going to go with one striker, one recognised striker, and the other one's going to be... He'll rotate them rather than play them together. Or he plays three like Liverpool and plays Aubameyang wide left. Mm. But Aubameyang wide left, I don't know if that works. It doesn't work. He's he's much more effective down the middle. I agree. I think that's what's going to happen. Let's see. I, I, you know, if he if he if he lets Eddie go, that's it's really playing a dangerous game with with those two. Like you said, if one of them goes down or both of them go down, you know, we haven't got any backup. Or and I don't and I don't see this, but my other thought is, could there be somebody coming in on loan as a, as a, as a backup striker? Again, that's a very far fetched thought, but I just. Danny Welbeck's I, been seeing it Colney the last few days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that know, was I a just, joke. That was a I joke. Just, by the way. I just I I, I would. I would be surprised if they do let him go on loan this 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 this, this season. You know, um, but, you know. Just sorry, just quickly. Um, earlier on, when we were in for Zaha, I heard that um, Reese Nelson was very very willing to actually go to Crystal Palace as part of a swap deal to get the game time. Mm. I mean, that didn't materialise, but you know, there was a... Not point. a loan, an actual yeah, swap. Yeah, no, sorry, on loan, sorry. Oh. We pay money and then we'll give him, we'll give Reese Nielsen um, them on loan. And I, I find that quite interesting. That For me, I said to myself, well, that means, you know, he doesn't see himself getting a lot of chances this season. So maybe you guys are right. Maybe, you know, Reese is quite far down the pecking order and he feels that he's ready to actually contribute and he wants to go somewhere where he can. So, you know... James, just to um, also get your opinion uh, and your knowledge, I suppose, on the rest of the transfer window and what you see happening in the next couple of days. We've spoken a lot already on the show about the centre-back situation and De Upper Meccano. There's been talk about um, Rugani coming in as well. Um, have you heard anything? Do you think something is going to happen before the deadline's out? I think I think something will happen. I, I, they're obviously, they're in the market for a left-back and a centre-back. Um, I think it's all about structuring the deals. We all know that, that money's tight, even if they've done I mean, remarkable work with, with the finances available to them. But I think what I've kind of heard and 
is a, sort of increasingly the focus is on getting a really good quality centre back now that it looks like uh, Lauren Koscielny will go. That opens up a squad space for at least at least one centre back. Um, I don't know about Pamecano. I don't I don't really know that much about him as a player, but. I know that um, interest in Regani is really long-standing. I mean, I think I reported about it back in March um, that, that, that they like Regani a lot. And I think potentially he's someone that you can go to Juventus and try and get in on loan. Um, and a loan deal then does also mean you can potentially try and get Tierney done as well. Um, I think from what I've read on, on this Pamecano deal, it would have to be another one where Raul Sanye convinces uh, his opposite numbers to to take a little down payment up up, up front. Um, so I think if they could get a player in on loan, uh, you know, to strengthen the defence, I think that would be a huge boost, a huge boost for them, particularly if they could do a two-year loan, get to 2021, and then the wage bill is so much freer. Yeah. James Benj, that is wonderful. Thanks, Thanks very much James. for joining Cheers, us today, mate. Thank you. That was James Benj, Arsenal correspondent for Football London. Who is going to come in before the window ends? Daniel Rugani has been rumoured. Uh, Deyua Makano has been rumoured. As has Hetafe's Jimmy Dakonam. We haven't mentioned him either. A 27-year-old, a regular <laughs> in La Liga. More experience there, but you'd, you'd think it's probably going to be Rugani ahead of, of anyone else you'd imagine at the moment. Someone who could probably play anywhere on the pitch for Arsenal is this week's Legend of the Week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. Who is it, Dave? It's Liam Brady. It's Chipping himself. There we go. We could do the whole rest of the show on yeah. this and miss yeah. the last segment because exactly. they do the man justice. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's for me, my boyhood hero, when football wasn't, um, you know, wasn't really live on the television, just highlights growing up before I went to my first game. I, uh, he was my hero, and he continued to be my first hero. You know, when I started going uh, in seventy six, seventy seven, and um, I never really fell out of love with him, even when he left the club. And I've, you know, uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet him a few times as well. So, do you think he left yeah. the club too early? No, not for him. I mean, it was it was the right time for him. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 a much bigger success than virtually. Well, he's not British, but you know, for people who've left these shores to go to Italy, he's probably up there in the top two or three most mm. successful. I mean, he played successfully for four clubs. Yeah. He won Juventus the league and then was sold because, because they could Platini. only have one from Platini yeah. was arriving. He was sold. Having he even the, the Juve fans didn't even believe he would he would actually try and score the penalty in the game that won the league, and he scored the penalty yeah. and won them the league, and then he was sold. The Juve fans were fuming about it. Yeah, but for Arsenal. He just, he was just the, he was the difference between a very average side and and he just came through sixteen seventeen in the first team and then he just he just went to a whole different level. He just could do anything. He was an absolute magician on the ball and he he made an average side, you know, close to being a top of the table side. You know, three cup finals, but yeah, amazing player. There's always comparisons, isn't there, in today's football? And you say, gosh, that player would have walked into this side or these players today aren't fit to lace the players of old boots. Liam Brady is the type of player you could imagine playing in today's. Yeah. Current footballism. Like Santi. Santi was that sort of certain players. But if you, anyone of my age group, you know, anyone born in the 60s or earlier, maybe through to early 70s, if you ask them their greatest Arsenal 11, most of that 11 will be made up of players from the Wenger era, even of my, you know, there'll be a, there'll be certain players that might squeeze in. Rowcastle would be one. Tony Adams, obviously, from the other back, and maybe Frank McClintock and some. Liam Brady will be in every single side. It will be Brady and Vieira in virtually everyone's central midfield. You reckon? I see it all the time. You know, yeah. anyone of my generation, it will be Brady and Vieira. No question about it. 
And he's also, in that era when players used to go abroad, doesn't happen so much now, although we're seeing a trend of young players going to Germany mm. to further their development. But in an era where, where top British slash Irish players were going abroad and being hugely successful in the Italian league. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was... I mean, at that time, you, there was there was Haitley went out, there was Luther Blissett, Ian Rush, but not many did it over... I mean, Ray Wilkins, Souness, but he did it at four clubs. I mean, including two of the Giants, you know, mm. Juve and, you know, and Inter. Sam Doria, when they were just coming to the top, and then I think it was Ascoli at the end. But yep. And then he came back to West Ham. Were you, were you at the game when he came yeah. back? Because... I've never seen anyone. He, he walked around the yeah. pitch crying. The whole of yeah. Highbury was just singing, Brady, Brady, yeah. Brady, Brady, born as the king mm. of Highbury. And literally, the West Ham fans were just staring. They couldn't believe it. Well, was any part of you surprised that he flirted with management, Celtic and Brighton, didn't really do anything? Is it surprising that these players don't actually transfer their skills into management? I'm not surprised he tried his hand. Um, at, 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 that, at that side of the game, um, I was surprised that he didn't really, he wasn't really successful. Really. Having, I think having having had the privilege of meeting him a couple of times, he, I can, he's not he's not a great communicator. I wouldn't I wouldn't you know he's not charismatic in in mm-hmm. in the sense that you think he would he would inspire players. Knowledgeable, you know, deep, you know, but deep 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 voice like Pat Jennings a bit really surprised me. But I didn't I didn't think he would be the greatest communicator player so I guess I'm not totally surprised at that. he became a director of uh, youth football yeah he was he ran our academy for years many, and a lot yeah. of the young yeah. players you know like Will Shearer and a lot of players came through on his watch so. okay well this week still legend, an ambassador for the still club. an ambassador absolutely this week's legend of the week Liam Brady see what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk the place for football shirts love sports Oh, we've got a trailer. We've got a trailer for the opposition few. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show. Me and Matt Beadle here with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyam. Just before we carry on, Dave Seeger has pointed quite frantically to the screen there because there was a picture of Harry Maguire next to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. How did you describe them, Dave? Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Only because he's got a very large head. Solskjaer and Slabhead. I suppose <laughs> yeah, right. that's what it could be. Uh, this is the opposition view because on Sunday, Arsenal will be travelling to St James's Park to play Newcastle in the opening contest of their Premier League season. And joining us on the line now, I'm delighted to say that Cal Halbert, Newcastle fan extraordinaire Herbert, <laughs> and love sport presenter Halbert... Is it? Yeah, it's Herbert. Well, yeah. yeah. I've been calling him Herbert for years. <laughs> well, he is a bit of a he Herbert. He is a bit of a Herbert, yeah. Cal, we are going to ask you whether you think Newcastle are going to get a result on Sunday. A very good evening, guys. I hope you're well. I hope you're well. It is Halbert. I am a bit of a Herbert, yes, but yes, it is Halbert. Um, I, I think it's, it's a very, very apprehensive time for Newcastle fans, and the best word to describe all Newcastle fans at the moment is a bit confused. So we've got Steve Bruce in. He's not a very popular man to come in because, obviously, uh, Sunderland manager. Um, but Ashley's somehow found a load of money and started buying people. So it, do you know what? I would be very, very happy with a draw at home. Um, and, I, I, of course, I'm going to be biased with the idea of St. James's Park is a tough, tough place to come. The minute your guys are going to come out at St. James's Park, they're going to be booed. They're going to be chanted against from from the fans at St. James's Park. There's there's very very few more loyal fans than than the Northeast and the Geordies. But um, yeah, personally, I'd be very happy with a draw. Um, but I do. This is such such a wimpy wussy thing to say, but I do see it going your way. 
Interesting. Um, how has your preseason gone? I mean, what have you learnt from this team that uh, Stevie Bruce has put together? Well, to be honest with you, we haven't really learned a lot because a lot of our preseason was in the Asian, uh, Asian Trophy, where we got absolutely thrashed by Wolves. And I was very, very frustrated watching that because it wasn't a case of Newcastle playing, uh, sorry, it wasn't a case of Wolves playing well. It was a case of Newcastle playing completely horrendously. But when Steve Bruce went over to China and he, he didn't have a work visa, so he couldn't technically manage the club. So he was advising from the stands. Uh, and we beat West Ham 1-0, and it was a better performance from a Newcastle side. However, it is looking a positive way, but still, I'm very, very apprehensible, and and, and I'm still a... A lot of us Geordie fans are still a little bit hungover from the fact that Rafa's gone, so we, we don't really know. We're not really looking too much forward, and I, I said this before, and I've said this to Matt before, and I've said this to Dave as well, in that I could 100% see Norwich taking Newcastle United's place in the Premier League this season. So it's going to be a very, very concerning season from a Newcastle point of view. And we really, really haven't got an easy start playing you guys. Admittedly, we're at home, but we're playing you guys on our first game of the season. So I think a positive for us would be uh, a draw. Obviously, we want a win, but I think a draw is our best bet. And presumably, from what I've seen, Cal, he's... he's Obviously, Benitez finished last season mostly with a back three and wing backs. Um, yeah. Steve Bruce is obviously without Lascelles, whether he's by choice, but he's not playing three at the back. He's playing two at the back. But you know, yeah. Arsenal obviously weak defensively, very very potent going forward. Is the new back line that he's been playing with? I don't even know who's been playing fullbacks for you guys. I know I assume it's Cher and Lejeune in the middle, but are they up to the task of dealing with um, Lacazette and Aubameyang? Well, if I'm totally honest with you, um, in short, no. Uh, in, in long, we don't know. You know what I mean? It, they, they haven't had enough time to work in this formation. We, we, we haven't really had a lot of time with Steve Bruce. We don't really know what's happening. And as I say, it's all still a bit up in the air. Steve Bruce has moved in. And I mean, it is a really, really difficult thing because we are bringing in a very, very, from what I can gather and from what I'm looking at is that we've got a very, very strong attacking force coming in at Newcastle now. So that could be, given the chance for Newcastle, we could get a goal or two against you with your with, with your weak defence. However, it's exactly the same way round. So in some ways, on paper, football's not played on paper, if you want a cliche. It is, on paper, it's a very, very interesting game to watch. Um, Cal, if we look at the stats, and listen, we, we love a stat every so often, but <laughs> that, that great game, the 4-4, Chick Teote smashing in that equaliser in 2011. No recollection. You no, no, can't, can't remember that, guys. Mythic, no, if, if, if we look at results since then, and I'm pretty sure you'll remember these, Dave, the record stands, Cal. Drawn one, lost one. Uh, draw, yeah, drawn one, won one, lost five. Yeah, we have done well the last few years. Yeah, you have. You have, absolutely. And, and, and I think um, without, without um, poo-pooing your results, I think that is a state of what Newcastle United is, really, more than anything. And I think it's a real shame that Newcastle is in the state that it's in with an owner that doesn't want to invest. However, I, it, every, every single one of my arguments that I've had against Mike Ashley and against what's happening at the club seems to have been turning around in this transfer season because he is spending money now and he is buying people okay not the amounts of money that he should be spending uh to, to match the the guys 
to match the top guys, but he is spending money and he is bringing people in. So, but it, all odds are pointing in in a uh, in a win in your favour. However, um, I do still stand by this this thing of the Newcastle United St James's Park fan base is so huge, so so huge. And it is a daunting, daunting thing for any team to come up to St. James's Park and play in Newcastle. However, there is word in Newcastle about of a, a walkout and a, and a stance of saying we're not turning up for the first game of the season. So, again, I'm really sorry. I'm not giving you very much information here. It's very much a case of, oh, I don't really know. I what really about, want to win. But, but, but I've, heard, I, I, I've heard today you're buying someone called, there we go. <laughs> buying someone called Jack Wills, but I don't know where he plays. <laughs> I, I was I was waiting to see how long that one would take, and I knew it would be Mr. Seeger to be the one that would say it. <laughs> Thirty million, it would be Seeger. Pretty cheap. Thirty million would be a re- you had, you broke your record signing last year. After was it Mike Owen? It was about ten years before, Mike wasn't Lane. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. Yeah, it was Mike Owen. It gone are the years of Newcastle United setting the world record of fifty million with Alan Shearer. Do you know what I mean? And it it's taken as it was Almiron. 20.6 million, I believe it was. Certainly around the 20 million mark that was the, the smash of the record for Michael Owen. Um, and we've just spent around 14, 15 million um, on a new player as well. Uh, his name escapes me off the top of my head now. I Joe Linton. Uh, uh, Joe Linton. Maximum. Yes, oh. yes, yeah. Oh, the French yeah, Max, Sorry, Maximum. Maximum was, yeah, Maximum was um, about 14, 14 million or so. Right, Cal, so before you go, mate, we've got to push you a prediction, please. Now, don't sit on the fence here. I want an actual result. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, OK. Nice and nice and optimistic there, mate. <laughs> I know. I, look, I, look, do you want me to be optimistic or realistic? Do you know what I mean? That's the, that's the thing. I, OK, what I want, my heart says 2-0 Newcastle. My uh, brain says 2-1 Arsenal. And we know Andy Murray's an Arsenal fan, so what does he think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll uh, it'll be an, a, a nice nil nil. That's what it'll be a nil 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 nil. Brilliant. Whereas Donald is a big Newcastle <laughs> fan and he says it's going to be ten nil to Newcastle Ham United. I think they're fantastic. Didn't even have to ask him to do the Trump. <laughs> Cal Halbert, thank you very much for joining My us. Pleasure. My pleasure. That was Cal Halbert, Love Sports presenter, giving us his prediction on the Arsenal Newcastle game, first game of the season, fellas. Before we go, prediction from yourselves. I'm going to formation change. and score. Uh, formation four, two, three, one. Score. Arsenal will win two one. Yeah, I, I think four two three one. Yeah. I think he will start Ozil away from home in this yeah. particular first game. I think it'll be four two three one and I think Arsenal win three one. Brilliant. Optimism. That is what we want to hear, chaps. Right, this has been the Arsenal fan show on Love Sport. Myself, Matt Beadle, joined by the guys from Gunnerstown, Giles Anyam, Dave Seeger. We'll see you same time next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.